Hey everyone. As you may know, there was a very interesting Neuralink announcement and update with the progress they've been making, which was super fun to watch and to get inspired by because there seems to be a lot of fear that is consuming people around the advances technology is making. And it's important to ground ours individually and collectively in flourishing and prosperity uh, rather than that fear and entrepreneurship and creativity and building the future. So I'm just going to go over some of the key points that I think are really important uh, and give some of my thoughts on it. So the first thing that I want to talk about is that the, 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 the central purpose is for healing. And that we really have to take into account the amount of people that have debilitating neurological issues, um, whether that be anything dealing with the spinal cord and inability to move, um, or whether that be with neurodegeneration and the amount of people that we know that have their libraries of beautiful thoughts that are just being burned down and that we're not able to to capture those and 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 these are these are critical concepts to understand that there's so much um, mis neural communication happening in our body that we want to heal and augment ourselves with. And so that's first and foremost is that. So you've got to think about it from that perspective. If somebody is blind or if somebody's having macular degeneration, um, if you know, if you, you, the reason why so many people, first of all, don't care about these things is because it doesn't happen to them or it doesn't happen to people in their family or people close to them. Because as soon as it happens to you, you become an expert on macular degeneration because you're the one experiencing it. So all you do is relentlessly go and just educate yourself online about it or a family member is getting Alzheimer's and you're trying to find every piece of information about how to heal it. And this is the general trend that happens is that the, the more that you try and, and empathize with the perspective of what it would be like to have one of these debilitating neurological diseases, the more you actually realize that you want the world's best neurosurgeons and electrical engineers and computer scientists and AI engineers and ASIC designers, the application-specific integrated circuit, that you want these people that are pushing the edge, you want them to push the edge really well because then you can actually heal the debilitating neurological disease either for you or your family member, etc. So with the more empathy you have, uh, and the more you're able to get behind the eyes of people that have these debilitating neurological diseases, the more you're actually able to realize how important it is to have entrepreneurship and creativity around the cutting edge of neural engineering. So wake yourself up that way to the importance of technology, and that will help you tremendously um, moving forward with the advancement of the edge of technology rather than the fear, you know, and really bring up that meme over and over again from like 
120 or so years ago where it was the meme of the people that were fearing Henry Ford and fearing the, the, the automobile and that they were such proponents of consider the horses, remember how much better your horses are, remember the horses, the horses, the horses. And the same thing with the Wright brothers and flying airplanes, that airplanes are the devil, airplanes are going to kill us, blah, blah, blah. Now there's 100,000 plus commercial flights that happen every day around the world. So it's just this endless cycle of this, as Carl Jung would call it, it's an archetype. There's this archetype of fear. And then there's this archetype of uncommon entrepreneur. The Literally the great founder theory of history that men and women uh, 1 billion out of the 100 billion people that have lived and died are literally the ones that were most uncommon that made the mutations, the augmentations to our lives that give us this vast abundance of beautiful things and, and, and successful uh, flourishing that we have today. So be the uncommon, be in that 1%. And in order to be there, you have to not have the fear archetype and you have to have the entrepreneurship and creativity archetype. That's very, very important. And take that empathetic perspective from a healing point of view, and that will help as well with understanding why we're doing projects like neural engineering. One of the one of the ways that I want to that I want to bring this up that I that I was surprised that it didn't that it didn't come up because people like Aubrey de Grey, June Yoon, we've had many people on our show that have talked about uh, uh, rejuvenating our our bodies at the level of the cell uh, to the youthful homeostatic capacity. So if you take your own body when you were 15 years old or 20 years old, you know that you, like for me, I played a lot of sports, right? Here's my, you know, my high school boy soccer shirt that I'm wearing right now. And I played a tremendous amount of sports. And what we would do is we'd wake up in the morning and we'd do two a days. We'd wake up in the morning, we'd go work out, run, hustle, play sports, and then we'd go to school. And then after school, we would do another session of workout, hustle, play sports. So we do these two a days, but the next day you'd wake up and you would go and do it again, which was crazy. Cause now think about it. If you're 25, if you're 30, if you're 35, if you're 40, can you do two a days? That shit's hard. And so this is the idea is, can you return the body to its youthful homeostatic capacity? And also, can you do so in a way that like with the Sense Foundation, um, Strategies for Engineered Negligible Senescence, they have a bunch of strategies right now, I believe around seven, around the key components around the cellular aging and how to actually rejuvenate the cell, at this again, at the cellular level, how to make cellular communication stay very strong, how to eradicate things like the Hayflick limit when the telomeres at the end of your chromosomes are unraveling that the cell can actually divide more than just the limited what is 50 to 70 amounts of times approximated right now. So we have all of these different ideas about uh, induced pluripotent stem cells, right? So we have all these other ways. It's not just neural engineering and, and neural degeneration that we want to um, heal and augment, but that we actually want to return the entire body to homeostatic capacity at the age of 15 and 20 and basically keep it there. And that's what Aubrey de Grey calls the longevity escape velocity. So the idea is that 
you're tweaking your body so well, just like we do to jet engines that have hundreds of sensors on them, that basically you can uh, you can live more than one year for every single uh, amount of year that your body is degrading. So that's the the general idea is that you want to be able to um, keep the youthful homeostatic capacity for forever, and then if you want to ever um, decide that you want to, to, to stop living, then you can choose. So, so it becomes a choice rather than a force. Um, and also they mentioned this too, with, uh, with Neuralink quite a bit that it is, um, it becomes a choice basically to, to want to get augmented or not. It becomes a choice to get the upgrades or not. Um, it becomes a choice to, um, to have neurogenerative disease or not, and you get to choose moving forward. Okay, let's see. Um, there were interesting bits that they brought up that it's flush with the skull. These are all to start, by the way. All these things are to start flush with the skull, um, megabit wireless data rate, all day battery inductive charging overnight for recharging. Currently, a thousand channels, and it's only going to be improving. So, they think that the neurosurgical operation will take less than an hour that you can leave the hospital same day, no anesthesia, fully automated robot to do the procedure, which is very interesting as well. That's good that we're moving into that step of robotic automation. You saw the way that the robot was putting the electrodes into the vasculature, how it's literally avoiding the vasculature, right? You, you, cause you can't hit the veins and arteries because then you're going to have bleeding. So you it really requires that precision. And it's only five microns, um, five millionths of a meter per electrode. And we'll see um, where that ends up going, uh, in the future. And it's also reversible. You can take it out if you want. The digital signal processing or DSP is super interesting because it's kind of similar to when we had an episode um, on our show um, when we were talking with um, with Big Tree on our show uh, over in China. And it was really interesting when he mentioned how when you take the banana peel and you bring it up to the fruit fly's nose and you're watching its brain, it's live. It's alive and you're watching its brain. You bring the banana up to its nose. You can live see the neural architecture firing as the fruit fly smells the banana because that's that's signaling to it um its ability to to eat metabolize and increase its longevity because it's a food signal and so it's very similar for us with our digital signal processing that we want to be able to visualize all of our digital signal processing and then not only be able to record that and save it and access it later with memories which we'll talk about but also that we want to be able to stimulate and that's how we stimulate away some of the neuro neurological diseases as well as some of the um, the impediments with vision the impediments with our spine and motor function this this type of stuff and we use technologies like two photon microscopy in order to visualize at those levels, those very, very small levels. They got breakthrough designation by the FDA, which was huge. I didn't actually know that they did. The last people that I heard that got breakthrough designation by the FDA were, well, back when we were interviewing Rick Doblin for MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, which was huge. And then also, I believe Adam Gazelli and Achille uh, Interactive got uh, an FDA um, 
they got FDA approved, but I'm not sure if they got breakthrough, but they're huge for, for playing video games to heal uh, and also to augment our, our fullest potential, which was very cool. You can check them out. They're awesome. Um, then, again, it's their own, all of the hardware and software is being engineered in-house, which I think is super duper important for everything that's for them moving forward. Um, a very simple way to think about it is that if you communicate a simple bit of information like these words that I'm saying right now, and you take that little, these little bits of information, and all you have to do is think the bit of information, and then it gets transferred to what you want to do. For example, if you want to um, send a person the message to not forget to, 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 to send you back one of the proposals or to pick something up from the store or to, um, if you want to summon your Tesla, like they use in the example, that it's just that simple trans thinking of that bit of information. And um, Max Hodak, who is sitting next to Elon Musk, um, who I got a chance to meet at the Brain Mind Summit on Consciousness, which was a lot of fun. Um, he is really interesting because he's he's really passionate about consciousness and he really wants to understand it. And I think he's one of the people that is kind of, he studied in philosophy, but he's even more passionate about wanting to solve it from the perspective of physics, which I think is really crucial as well, because I think the on the spiritual side, on the phenomenological side, consciousness is most first principled, but also uh, if you can simultaneity, if you can hold two perspectives, it's consciousness is most first principled, but consciousness also did evolve in the sense of our evolution of complexity that then enabled sentience to, to arise and realize this entire process. So it's that simultaneity um, that's very, very important. And so we'll be um, diving into that more. But he mentioned that, um, whether you're going to be decoding on the head or on the phone or on the computer is very important to know for now with a thousand channels, you can decode on the phone. Um, and later that you would want to push it to the head, especially with quantum computing, as you gain more and more computational capacity in smaller and smaller uh, areas, you'll be able to um, push more and more channels, electrodes uh, and their computation for both the um, recording and the stimulating right there uh, on head and they use big spikes uh, to be able to detect to decode um, and take those raw waveforms in and uh, they didn't answer the question about what the API will look like but I thought that was a very interesting question um, what will it look like for developers to be able to work with Neuralink um, I think that's really crucial, especially as we try and catalog all the neurological diseases and then be able to have the developer communities be able to figure out how to um, record out um, the, the miss neural communication and how to stimulate in the proper neural communication for the healing. So that cataloging, the API will be very important for the cataloging and also for the augmenting um, for me to be able to, if I want to see in infrared or if I want to uh, see in uh, in ultraviolet or sonar, all these different styles of, uh, I would love to see these sound waves that are coming right now. It would be so interesting to be able to like, like click between the channels of all these different perceptual uh, augmentations. And then it would wake us up faster to realizing who we truly are, why we're here. The metaphysical implications of Neuralink are huge. Um, they also mentioned that a good benchmark is uh, like a quadruple 
a quadriplegic person being able to, um, you know, move around their body, to be able to even do things like, uh, to be able to think a thought and play a game, um, to basically unleash the creativity of every single uh, person, no matter what the debilitating illnesses are, to bring them back to that fullest potential, that, that, that peak homeostatic capacity. Um, again, we mentioned these solving blindness, paralysis, hearing, um, all you have to, and you can do all of that from just three to four millimeters uh, into the cortex. So right there at the surface, which is great. And then at the hypothalamus level, you would need obviously the longer electrodes to get down there and you would need to not fuck up any of the vasculature along the way. But you can cure depression, anxiety, addiction, and yeah, the material sciences are really hard. The installation of these electrodes that are just five microns, they're so, so small. And that's, again, that's just five millionths of a meter. Um, or you can think about it like one five thousandth of an inch as well. And they want these to last for decades, which is really crazy that, you know, that, that that's nuts. How do you do it from a material science perspective to get, you know, the whole, uh, the whole ASIC itself to not be rejected when you plug in the Neuralink, but also all of those little electrodes that go in for the body to not reject that. But to have that biocompatibility that was talked about is really important and to make that last for decades so that you don't have to go in every year, but that every maybe um, 10 years or so that you can go in and get an upgrade, you know, at the speed of technological change, it's going to be more often than that. Like right now, how often are you buying a new cell phone? every two years, right? You're gonna end up getting a new Neuralink every two years probably. And that's just gonna be the trend of things. And that's the way you're gonna wanna do it because you're gonna wanna fucking be at your best, fullest potential. And you're gonna wanna see the world and all of the beauty and complexity and creativity and switch between these channels and have the whole world working on that future AI symbiosis. And not from a perspective of fear, but from a perspective of creativity and entrepreneurship and love. That's the future. And then, yeah, the material science stuff's also nuts because they have to know how to sense and record the signals and also to generate the stimulation, um, to not corrode the electrodes, to have the thin insulating layers. They want to use silicon carbide right now. Um, oh, this was interesting. How to create the least amount of electrical pulse yet have that be able to speak to the neurons, which was really interesting. So you want to kind of figure out what the threshold is for the least amount of stimulation, but yet to do the, to actually stimulate that neuronal group, which is super interesting. So there's a lot of the, uh, in digital signal processing, there's so many things here that I'm super unfamiliar with that I'm very child level on. Some of the things make sense, like there's only a one millisecond um, window for the signals of interest for these spikes. And I think that's really fascinating that there's just that one tiny millisecond uh, window, one out of a thousand in that second. And that's super crazy that you have to you have to sample at 20 times that speed in order to in order to be able to find those tiny little spikes, spike detection at 900 nanoseconds. That's so freaking nuts. Um, so yeah, at that at that uh, at that thousandth of a second level, wow. Um, <clears throat> and that's how you get the proper readouts. And then 
I thought it was interesting you're talking about this relationship between the amount of people that they're going to hire at Neuralink and also the amount of, of channels and electrodes that they'll have. So you got to think about it. Like the whole thing was about promotion for uh, hiring. And so it's really important. The more of these greatest minds around the world we can get around neural engineering to heal and augment us, the more we can add channels, electrodes to the actual devices that then enable all of these beautiful future applications that we want. So... And they're hiring so many diverse people, which is great. Um, and they're very—they're an organization that like that wants to teach people as well. So you don't have to come in with a tremendous amount of neuroscience knowledge, uh, either. And it's Bluetooth, uh, low energy radio. They're sharing the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum, which they talked about the importance of um, figuring out how to make sure that the signal does not degrade because if you're ever at large scale events, concerts, um, corporate offices, just these places with like, you know, hundreds or thousands of people, what you're gonna end up realizing is that sports events that you're gonna realize is that the signal degrades. So you have to basically prevent the signal degradation, which I think is very fascinating figuring out out how to how to do that on a on an engineering level it's really great the first clinical trial is for spinal cord injuries which is huge um, again remember to take that empathetic perspective and that'll really help you a lot um, paraplegics just by thinking that they can output words they can control their phone um, the computer and our friend uh, andreas forsland over at cognition is doing really really important work on the on the same side of helping people that eye tracking and the and the phone camera to be able to use technology like imagine you can't move but you can use your eyes and move them around and then type words like literally communicate with the computer that way um for the computer to know what you're saying it's a lot like what stephen hawking had and um andreas forsland and cognition are going to the next level so we greatly appreciate them so much shout out to you guys and Oh, they were also talking about adding a second um, neural link potentially at the base of the spine, which is really interesting. It may act as a neural shunt. You could restore someone's full body of motion, which is really crazy for people like you and I. Maybe we have hip, lower back, knee injuries, right? We can actually potentially restore ourselves to that again that peak youthful homeostatic capacity which would be so badass imagine yourself at 30 35 40 45 50 and you're still able to run for miles and you're still you know you're really able to to feel like you have that youthful homeostatic capacity that childlike uh, ability to to be physically active which is huge um, they're dealing with a lot of issues with the uh, with the chemistry, the biochemistry of that region inside of the skull. There's pressure, obviously. There's the there's all the intracranial pressure that's going on in that area, and so they have to deal with that. There's a lot of influences um, from the body on that area. They're talking about saving and replaying memories, which is very interesting. If you think about it, from when you were a kid, how many memories do you remember from when you were a kid? Very, very few. And it would be so fucking cool to go back. And the technology today like this is really enabling parents to take photos and videos of their kids that they're then in 20 years going to be able to show them. But we didn't have that, right? Growing up in 1990s, we didn't have parents with the these types of devices doing that. But kids growing up in the 2020s, they get their parents having the devices, taking all the pictures and photos that then 20 years later, they can go look at and be like, I remember that memory, right? But in the future, it'll also be literally just your ability to recall the memories. 
and to record them, store them, and then recall them. Because think about it, when you're feeling a little bit down, you can both get stimulated to go back up. You can also go visit the memory catalog and go and go back to all these great memories. You can store these memories like a big civilizational library of Alexandria where all of the humans that ever live <clears throat> starting from the year maybe 2030 onward that we literally log every single memory of every single human which will be super interesting to go back and catalog and analyze and understand creative patterns of genius and all these other uh, types of things which are super cool uh they have their animal care program which i thought was it was pretty interesting that they were using pigs. I think that it's really important that we do you go, go up to pigs and then we can potentially, I don't know where they are with primates or not, I don't know. But I think leveling ourselves up beyond mice and fruit flies and stuff is, is super important so that they're at pigs already is, is very important. Um, and that we're doing the rounds of testing there is huge, huge. Um, in terms of coding, C, C++, Java, Python, they mentioned that it doesn't really matter what method you're using as long as you're getting shit done fast, which I thought was really important. And that's a really important lesson for youth is know how to uh, be polymathic and be creative fast um, and not necessarily be tied into a specific way of doing it. Um, yeah, again, on a physics level, understanding the the um, the idea of a neural correlate to a state of phenomenological state of consciousness is a fascinating idea. And to be able to use physics to prove that, um, they made a funny joke about if you bombard earth long enough with photons, it'll emit a Tesla. Like that's so funny. Um, because it did honestly did go in this uh, evolutionary process of uh, hydrogen to sentience. And, but also you hold that simultaneously with that sentience is actually most first principled. And we go through this evolutionary process where sentience arises. Consciousness is first principled and consciousness arises both. You can have both simultaneity is key. Um, and that's that metaphysical idealism that we talked about with Bernardo Kostrup and Rupert Spira and so many of these, so many of these other leaders. Uh, go watch those episodes if you haven't yet, our interviews with them. And they think that the starting cost is going to be somewhere around $5,000 or so, um, which would be, which would be great. Um, that's such a, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, decent amount of, 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 that's a really low cost to start regarding a, such an advanced level technology. And, um, that's really kind of like the, the cost of like the modern day, uh, like super high end computers that people use for, um, for for animating and for um, video and for um, gaming and AI and cryptocurrencies like mining. So it's actually a pretty decent cost um, a mark and then it'll also be driven down significantly over time. Um, again, the visual prosthesis for eye injuries, um, gaining supervision we talked about throughout. Uh, telepathy, the idea that, again, that I'm just spending so much of my time trying to put the concepts into words and then shoot them across here and then it, for it to enter into you and for you to compute what I'm actually thinking. Uh, when I say the word simultaneity is key with consciousness or when I say another concept like metaphysical idealism, for that to instead of use words to communicate that concept, for that to really land telepathically in that conceptual telepathy is super important non-linguistic conceptual consensual telepathy it's really interesting 
um, and it's a huge part of our future. And then they also mentioned trapped creativity, which we've been talking about and that we're really passionate about the fact that there's just so much latent creativity that's just trapped within us that we can potentially unleash our fullest gifts into the world if we actually just had that tiny bit more uh, neural stimulation regarding um, uh, healing our our depression, anxieties, worries, and also and fears, and stimulating out our entrepreneurship, our creativity, our fullest potential, and our gifts to our, ourselves, our family, our community, and the world. We're going to learn a lot about neurological disease and how to heal it, which is going to be awesome. <clears throat> there will probably need to be a little bit of as we eradicate as much suffering as we can and increase as much well-being as we can, there's probably going to need to be a little bit of fear, like in the sense that like if you are off rock climbing and you have no fear that you, you may take uh, a leap that, that, uh, that the probability of you succeeding there was actually a little bit low and that you shouldn't have taken that leap because you didn't have enough fear. So I think that's a really interesting point as well, um, that it's not just all binary in one direction, but that there's got to be a, maybe a little bit um, of that in place. And that also speaks heavily to what we're talking about right now regarding safety and security. Um, it's not the idea that no fear is the way to go. It's, it's not saying that somebody a hundred years ago saying that, you know, watch out, you might die trying to fly those first airplanes. It's not saying that that person shouldn't have said that. It's saying that that person is right regarding at least bringing up, like, really make sure that this is engineered well. Make sure it's engineered safely, the airplane. Make sure it's engineered so that people don't get injured and die. And the same thing's true all the way up to today with Neuralink. Um, but there's the way. It's like a proper, uh, polite way to talk about that little bit of fear and it's not fear mongering that's not the way to do it um i think i've learned a lot from people like david ike and alex jones i've learned a lot from people like them um and i think they have some valuable things to say right right we're parsing for that signal um and and not so much the noise but that ultimately that that's that's i think the way to do it is to take these very serious ideas about making sure that um, that people are healthy and happy and flourishing and it's safe and it's secure, just like the people were saying it about um, transitioning to automobiles, transitioning to um, to airplanes, transitioning to, I don't know if you guys remember Thomas Starcel and The Burden of Genius, one of the great films, um, but same thing with liver transplants, right? Everybody was saying, don't do it, you're going to kill people, um, it's a horrible idea, and now today, um, you know, he's the father of the modern day transplant surgeries because he was the one that pioneered that forward with his team and whatnot. And so it's the same idea all the way up to today to today with Neuralink. You can take that tiny little bit of a fear that's that's intelligently um, brought forth and just said, you know, this is how we're going to get through that those issues around privacy and security. But also we've mentioned this in so many of our episodes before that really it also boils down to um, to our ability to enlighten ourselves and get to a universal basic stakeholding um, across the board. And the more that we enlighten ourselves, the less downstream malevolences we even have to worry about. So you don't actually have to program security and safety and all these worrisome issues uh, downstream because you're actually enlightened on the most upstream. And so the more enlightened people we have, the more enlightened our global leaders are, um, the less we'll actually have to worry about the downstream issues around safety and whatnot. 
We want to coexist with these advanced AIs. We want to have AI symbiosis. We want to have an AI version of ourselves to be able to like play a tennis with on leveling up our fullest potential into the world. Um, these AI coaches, which are a big part of our synthesis. And yeah, basically the future of Earth becomes the sum of our collective will and where we want to take things. And that's pretty much it. This has been a bit on Neuralink, um, a bit on healing. Remember, take that empathetic perspective with healing, all of the different neurodegenerations, and also same thing on uh, the augmentation and the potential to maximize this. Take into account the fact that these are entrepreneurs and creative people that are building the future. Um, when you see so much of today just caught up in the bickering in the center of the evolutionary pacer, really try and rocket yourself out like one, two, three standard deviations out to the edge where it's really these entrepreneurs and these creatives and these scientists and these artists and these leaders, these spiritual leaders, that are really trying to push, they're trying to like basically pull the rest of the evolutionary pacer forward because they themselves know that the idea of making the mutations, making the augmentations in our civilization in the full unleashing of the individuals is really what's uh, crucially important and not so much all of this bickering. Um, so just remember that and support um, people like that around you and become that uh, yourself at a deeper level. So um yeah, that's pretty much it. By the way, all of this stuff, everything that's happening with Neuralink is also similar to what's happening with VR, with AR, with simulation theory, with artificial general intelligence. It's all converging. All of what the West is doing, and even now, obviously, with China and Japan and these other technology powerhouses, Israel, Saudi Arabia, um, Europe, and whatnot, just there's more technology powerhouses globally that are converging on the same thing that Eastern spirituality uh, had for the longest time been talking about. Um, so it's, it's, it's just turning into one big Ouroboros. It's, it's really all triangulating on um, a deep amount of, of, of metaphysical idealism um, around consciousness, um, around what we talked about with Donald Hoffman and conscious agent theories, a very interesting proposal. You can check out that episode on our channel as well. But that it, it's all triangulating and to really hold that at the forefront that you are this unique individual with gifts to bring to the world, but you're also part of the one and that we're all part of that one. And that seems to be the prevailing hypothesis that we're moving forward with Western tech advances and Eastern philosophies merging together. So love you very much. Thanks for tuning in. And we got this. We're building the future beautifully. We got this. We got this. Um, turn up the creativity, turn up the entrepreneurship, turn up the execution, turn up the focus, and we're going to build the more beautiful future our hearts know is possible. So you guys know what to do. Comment, let me know your thoughts, subscribe if you haven't liked the video, share it with other people, get people passionate about leveraging neural engineering to heal and to augment us. And uh, I'll talk to you guys more soon. Synthesis is going to be published we got less than two months left. I'm so pumped. It's looking so beautiful. It's super visual and it's super short. It's super visual and super short. I'm very pumped for you guys to check that out. So big love. I'll talk to you guys soon.